you will. Um, welcome Dayton. staff here for inviting me and, and giving me this opportunity to, uh, to bring this word today. So I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Um, let us pray now that the spirit will be among us and that the uh, scriptures may be illumined in our hearts. Let us pray. Merciful, mighty God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. Thanks and praise for your word to us here and for all those gathered. We ask that you will illuminate these scriptures in our heart that they may speak to us anew they may move our souls, that we may be the people that God has called us to be. For it's in your son's most holy name we do pray. Amen. From the Psalter this morning, I invite you to hear the words of Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those he redeemed from trouble and gathered in from lands from east and from west, from north and from south. Some wandered in desert waters, finding no way to inhabited town, hungry and thirsty. Their souls fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way until they reached an inhabited town. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to humankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and the hungry, he fills with good things. Some sat in darkness and in gloom, prisoners in misery and in irons. For they had rebelled against the words of God and had spurned the counsel of the Most High. Their hearts were bowed down with hard labor. They fell down with no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He brought them out of darkness and gloom and broke their bonds asunder. Let us thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. For he shatters the doors of the bronze and cuts in two the bars of iron. Some were sick through their sinful ways and because of their inequities endured affliction. They loathed any kind of food, and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in help, and he saved them from, the, from their distress. He sent out his word and healed them, and delivered them from destruction. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, his wonderful works to humankind. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving, and tell of his deeds with songs of joy, some went down to the sea in ships, doing business of the mighty waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep. And he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven. They went down to the depths. Their courage melted away their calamity. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits' end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he brought them out of their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they had quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wonderful works to humankind. Let them extol him in congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. 
He turns rivers into a desert. He turns rivers into a, into a desert, springs into water, into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the wickedness of his inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water. And there he lets the hungry live, and they establish a town to live in. They sow fields, they plant vineyards, and they get fruitful yield. By the blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their cattle decrease. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, trouble, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless waste. But he raises up the needy out of the distress and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad, and all wickedness stops its mouth. Let those who are wise give heed to these things and consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Friends, these are the words of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. How many of us have described hardships we have encountered in lives as coming in threes? Often it is said that death comes in threes, storms come in threes. We had three winter ice storms. Bad luck comes in threes. And I too have experienced this phenomenon. When I checked my handy friend Google, I found page upon page giving explanations, conspiracy theories, and even some to tell you how to break the cycle. But I also know of a different concept of things that come in threes. And this week I've seen a lot of threes. My wife would say I'm a college basketball fanatic and an avid ACC fan, watching as many UNC, NC State, and even Duke games. But while watching ACC basketball this past week, I was able to avoid Disney Channel long enough to catch a documentary on North Carolina State's 1983 championship team and their coach, Jim Valvano. In an excerpt where Valvano was receiving the ESPN ESPY Award, the Arthur Ashe Courage and Humanitarian Award, he was in his last days. He was frail and he was weak. He was not looking good, and it was said that they did not even think that he would make the award show, much less get up and accept the award. But Valvano took the stage. He gave a motivational testimony to fight cancer, still aired once a year. And he announced that day of the formation of the Jimmy V Foundation for cancer research. And he declared that their motto would be, don't give up. Don't ever give up. He said this foundation would not save his life, but that there was hope. Hope that one day, through diligent research, cancer could be eliminated. And yet, these are not the words that moved me in my most recent viewing of this. Valvano also issues a charge in that, in that acceptance speech, or a challenge of sorts. He said that to live a truly full day, one needs to do three things every day. 
One needs to laugh. One needs to think. And one needs to have their emotions moved to tears. And if you do that seven days a week, you'll have something special. Laugh. Think. Have your emotions brought to tears. Now, I'm sure that there's much science that can support the benefits and the mental health to laughing and thinking daily. Even with my biology and chemistry struggles in undergrad, I can almost, almost is the key word, make an argument, make a scientific, scientific argument to support that. So let us place our focus on the tears. In the moments following Valvano's speech, those many that were there, they were drawn to tears over cancer. Many are brought to tears daily by the effects of cancer, heart disease, HIV, diabetes, and the list of afflictions goes on and on. Others are drawn to tears when we witness the ways that all of creation is treated, when rainforests are lost to high-rise resorts, when oil spills damage our water supply, and the list of, of afflictions against creation go on and on. Maybe we are drawn to tears when we imagine this space filled with visitors from Caritas and we realize just how close to poverty, homelessness, mental illness, <coughs> physical abuse, and child abuse really is to us right here in Richmond. It could be that we're moved to tears by the way God's children are attempting to survive. Those people that do not have the luxury we do to take life for granted. Theologian and priest John Sabrino writes, in, reg in regards to being an authentic Christian, there, there are two types of people in the world. Those that can take life for granted and those that cannot. And he says that if Bosnia, Kosovo, Rwanda, and the Congo, if the, the fights that those people are fighting do not affect us deeply and do not move our minds, then we're not being real. And I believe Sabrino would agree that we're called as Christians to have our emotions drawn to tears daily. Not that we're to feel guilty for the way things are, but with the hope that through our tears and our emotions, we witness and gain a realization of the struggles of those that can be best described as the least of these, those that cannot take life for granted. In response to having our emotions affected in such a way, believing we see no way out, then we do as the psalmist suggests, and we beg out to the Lord in help. And in our prayers to the one God, we experience in three. God does. Good things do come in threes. And the one God revealed to us through three persons, we proclaim that we are created redeemed and sustained. God creates all things seen and unseen. God redeemed all creation through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And we here today are sustained by the power of the Holy Spirit. Good things do come in threes too. I must admit that when I began preparing this sermon, I was not sure if I should end my, end my title with a period or a question mark. So I pushed all in, went with the exclamation point. 
because we, we do seem to experience death, trauma, and disaster, and disease in threes. But the good news of the gospel for us this morning surely, surely is that God's steadfast love endures forever. We read in the psalm of different people with different troubles. Through this, we recognize the vastness of the adversity for all of us. He uses the compass to describe the ways in which God's people are called from north, south, east, and west to gather and celebrate together the steadfast love of the Lord. God's love is not only illustrated in the ways in which we are saved, but in our response. And our response as post-resurrection Christians should be similar, if not the same, to the psalmist. We're called to respond with joy and thanksgiving, with praise and worship. And three of the major ways we do that here at First Presbyterian Church in Richmond is through our worship, our faith formation, and our fellowship. In worship, we join together with those here in this place now, those in the sanctuary now, those coming to worship later this evening, as well as all the saints that have gone before us and those that gather wherever they may be to worship, we join together with them in one worship of God's holy name. Through our faith formation, we study and learn with the hope that through enriching and growing our knowledge of God, we are better equipped to be the church that God has called us to be. And we as Presbyterians stand firm that we are a reformed church, always reforming. And I believe that the only way we truly can be reforming people is to constantly be in renewal of our faith. Looking to allow the presence of the Holy Spirit to form and shape our faith. In doing this, we may as individuals and collectively as the church be formed into what God has called us to be. We come together to fellowship where we laugh, dance, smile, but in all, there's something else being shared, our stories, the stories of our lives, the stories of our faith journeys, of our hopes, of our dreams. And through these stories, we learn about one another. And in this time, we're called to celebrate one another to give thanks for God's steadfast love endures forever. And our stories are reflections of God's love that has shone upon us. And I firmly believe that our faith is made stronger when we share our stories. The sharing of our faith is foundational. And we are enriched by hearing the ways in which God moves, has moved, and is, in, and is moving in people's lives. As we grow... In our faith, we seek to share our experiences of God in our lives. We begin to be the agents of reconciliation that God has called us to be. When we reflect the ways in which we have encountered the steadfast love of God, the saving grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit, in any day we can reflect these three into the world is a full day. And we can boldly declare that good things do come in threes too. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.